Uh, Urban is starting off a series on the Holy Spirit, and Johnny's asked me if I would uh, kick it off. So today I'm going to talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. And you know, this is just such an important topic, because really without the Holy Spirit, we have no chance in our spiritual lives. You know, we often think to ourselves, and I hear people say, you know, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if Jesus were here? You know, if Jesus were here, this would be fixed, and that would be fixed, and we wouldn't have any problems in the world. And we often yearn to go backwards, yearn that it was a time when Jesus was here fixing all the problems. But you may or may not know that Jesus actually said that we are better off without him here. Isn't that a bizarre thing? We're actually better off without him. You know, as Jesus was explaining to the disciples that he was going to be going, leaving, uh, they were very sad, obviously. And uh, Jesus actually said to them in John 16, verse 7, he said, In fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. So what Jesus was saying there is, I know you're sad that I'm going, but you're going to be better off if I'm gone on the right-hand side of the Father interceding for you because I'm going to send someone that will make you in a better position than you'd be if I was here. I'm going to send to you the advocate. Obviously, that's the Holy Spirit. The Greek word uh, that's used there is uh, parakletos, which means advocate, sort of like a lawyer, somebody that helps, a counselor, someone who encourages and comforts. And so Jesus was saying, when I go, I'm going to send somebody who is going to be with you the whole time that's going to look after you. And he explains that further uh, later in the passage, John 16 verse 13, when he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So Jesus gives us a picture in advance of what the Holy Spirit is actually going to do. He says the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to be with you. He later says he's going to be in you. And I like to think of Jesus like a coach. He's like our inner coach. He's telling us about Jesus. He's, um, Jesus says in this passage here that he's leading us into truth. He's comforting. He's guiding. He's watching over us. In some ways, he's like a glorious GPS that's always showing us what to do, showing us what Jesus is saying to us. And you know, the Bible in other places says that the Holy Spirit is the one that is helping us to become like Jesus. Don't we know that that is the whole purpose of our spiritual journey? Uh, We don't just get saved for the fact that one day we're going to go to heaven, although that's a glorious thing as well. We are saved because we go through this process where we are being changed into the likeness of Jesus. And the one that does that is the Holy Spirit. If we didn't have the Holy Spirit there, we wouldn't be being changed into his likeness. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does is that he empowers us. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the disciples uh, that after he died and was resurrected, they needed to wait until they received the Holy Spirit before they went out into the world as missionaries. Basically because they couldn't do any mission 
if they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, once when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he's promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That word baptize means to absolutely soak or drench. You know, one of the meanings of the word is when they got a piece of cloth and dyed it, they left it in the color and made sure that the color would just seep through every part of the fabric. And the word for that is baptizo, which is uh, the, the word we use for baptism. And Jesus is saying, you are going to be completely saturated in the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you today, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you been saturated in the Holy Spirit? On to verse 8, Jesus said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Remember, when you're drenched in him. And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Isn't that incredible? So the Holy Spirit's going to come. We know he's going to be a guide. He's going to be a coach. He's going to be an advocate. But another thing he's going to do is drench them with power. That's another wonderful Greek word, dynamis. And the word is the word from which we get our English word, dynamite. And it's got a lot of meaning, usually to do with the miraculous. Uh, the dictionary says that dunamis means miracle power, remarkable miracles, extraordinary power. And this is the thing that Jesus said the disciples needed before they were to go out and change the world. You cannot go out to Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria or the outermost parts of the earth until you've received dunamis, power, the power of the Holy Spirit. So it is such an important thing that we understand that the Holy Spirit is a very vital part of our Christian life. Now, I grew up in a wonderful Presbyterian church. Any other fellow Presbyterians here? Oh, great, wonderful. And um, came from a wonderful tradition of evangelicalism, and uh, that was so good. But we never really talked about the Holy Spirit. And uh, the whole charismatic Pentecostal thing was very new. And to be honest, my dad was just not into it at all. He thought the whole thing was very strange. And so if anybody tried to sort of go down that line a little bit, dad would squash it very quickly. Um, because he didn't really want anything to get out of control. And I think in those early days in the 70s, there were some wild things happening. And there were some young people that would sort of stand up in the middle of a service and say that they had to prophesy out loud and they couldn't control themselves. So it was a little bit extreme and I think my dad was a little nervous of it. So I grew up uh, thinking to myself that this was something that wasn't to be trusted. But, you know, as I grew up, I found that there was something really missing in my heart. I knew the Bible. I had come and, um, uh, you know, um, I'd been confirmed and, and I was a good card-carrying Presbyterian. But there was something that just didn't really click in my heart. And I remember um, I came to Christchurch in 1986 and um, there was a team from this very strange movement called The Vineyard that came. Have you ever heard of The Vineyard? 
they're a strange bunch of people, you know, they really are. And that's what I thought. I thought, Vineyard, it sounds very much like a cult. But I thought, well, um, I'm sure our minister wouldn't invite this group if they were too bad. So anyway, this group came to our church, and they were all young people. And worse, they were American. And, and they, they, my dad would have turned in his great. Well, he wasn't dead, actually, at that stage. But uh, my dad wouldn't have been impressed because they all wore jeans. They had backward caps and they chewed gum. I mean, can you imagine chewing gum in church? I mean, my dad would not have been amused at all. And one of these young men got up to speak. And, you know, I'd been to sort of charismatic Pentecostal things before, and I was very put off by the showmanship of the whole thing and, and how everybody was loud and, and that it was, um, you know, uh, often very hypey. The thing that took me off guard was that these guys were very down to earth <coughs> and very laid back and very relaxed. <coughs> and they talked in very gentle ways about how they loved Jesus. And so I was taken off guard. I thought, these, these guys seem to, be, seem to be quite cool. And then at the end, they did the most strange, weird thing. They said, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Now, and as a good Presbyterian, I thought, hasn't the Holy Spirit been here the whole time? You know, but they said they were going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And little bit by little bit, uh, things started happening around the room where I was. And people started crying and, and, and people started being touched in different ways. And then this young man that was standing up said he felt that the Holy Spirit was revealing to him that, that people had conditions of sickness in the room. And I thought, well, this is going to be a good test to see, you know, whether he, he knows what he's doing or not. And he started very accurately calling out sicknesses and people would say, yes, I've got that. People around would start praying and people were getting healed on the spot. There was no hype, there was no loud voices, there was nothing spooky, it was just sort of happening. And it took me off guard because I didn't have a theology that Jesus did that stuff anymore. You know, I know we could all rejoice of what he did 2,000 years ago and we all think, gee, we wish we were back there. But suddenly the things were happening there in my own little safe, actually it was a Methodist church. I'd never seen anything happen like this at all. And so I decided to come back at night and hear this strange group of people. And uh, I decided that I would open my heart. I'd already become a Christian, but I'd open my heart and say, Lord, if there's anything you want to do with me, I'm open to it. Even if it means something weird happens. And that was my greatest fear. And actually, I realized that had put a blockage up. I thought, God, you can do anything to me that you like as long as nothing weird happens, you know? So I put a barrier up. And you know, God, you can do anything as long as on my terms, you know? So anyway, uh, I opened my heart and, and this guy that was speaking, just a young guy, probably in his late 20s, early 30s, he just said, you know, I feel as though some of you have blockages to what God wants to do in your heart. You're putting barriers up. And he said, in Jesus' name, I break those barriers. And he clapped his hands. And as he clapped his hands, um, I felt something really happen uh, in, in around my stomach here, it was like something broke and all this emotion came up. And my first thought was, uh-oh, this is one of these Pentecostal things my dad warned me about, you know. My instinctive thing in my mind is get out fast, you know. And I used to sit at the back of the church so I could get out fast. Actually, I'll tell you a very interesting story. The person I was standing right next to who got really touched by the Holy Spirit was a, a man called Danny Folks.
and he is the uncle of Sarah here, and he was my friend, and he was there, and on that day, he really got touched powerfully by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a bizarre connection that we have? He will still remember that day. And um, so I got really touched, and I felt like I was you know, laughing and crying at the same time, and I knew I could stop it, but I didn't want to stop it because it was too nice. And I didn't want to tell my dad about the experience, although I did it a lot later. But, you know, it was an interesting thing that happened. I felt the Holy Spirit came and touched me, and in a very gentle, kind way, he showed me that he was really there. And the funny thing was, the Bible started coming to life for me. I got this hunger that all I wanted to do was find out about Jesus. I wanted to read my Bible. I wanted to um, come close to Jesus. And when I went to work the next day, I used to be a radio announcer, um, when I went to work, every person I looked around and saw, I saw hurt and pain and sadness. And I thought to myself, there is something now inside me that really cares about you. And there's something inside me that wants to be able to help you. I'd never had that before in my life. I had all this head knowledge of, of the Holy Spirit, but something had gone to my heart. And so something really changed in me. And it was that the Holy Spirit was able to break through a wall and come into my heart. I think I'd always been a Christian, but I, I just think that God had not been able to do much because I'd been so, I had so many walls up to him. And so things started to change for me from there. And, you know, one of the things that was incredible was that I found that God wanted to talk to me. And he wanted to, as the Bible says, lead me into truth. And I realized that there were some areas of sin in my life and things that I wasn't thinking properly and areas of deception. And that as I started listening to the Holy Spirit, he would point out, you know, Jiminy Cricket, the conscience, my conscience became sharp. And he it said to me, David, if you want to please me and follow me, then you won't do this or you won't be involved in this thing here and that's what the Holy Spirit does with us if we listen to him our consciences become sharp and he guides us in the right direction um, a couple of interesting things I'll tell you we're running out of time so I'll close in a second but a couple of interesting things that God did you know the Holy Spirit wants to lead us in everything we do and so not long after that uh, happened we started a little home group and um, in the home group uh, what we would do is we would gather around and we would just sit and wait for the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. Um, it sounds very Quakerish, actually, doesn't it? But uh, we would just sit and wait until we felt that, that God had spoken. So we would do that sometimes, just wait for 20 minutes or so. And I remember in this one particular occasion, I was just sitting and waiting and I got a vision of Jesus coming in, walking into the room and laying his hands on a young woman by the name of Sarah, just putting his hands on her head and ministering to her. I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder if God wants us to, you know, minister to Sarah a little bit later on. So I parked that in my mind, and, and then when I said, okay, how did, did anybody feel that God spoke to them? A, a lady spoke up, and she said, I got a very clear vision of Jesus walking into the room and going over to Sarah and putting his hands on her and praying for her. I thought, wow. I said, I got exactly the same vision. I wonder if God's trying to tell us something. See, we're pretty smart in that way. We, <clears throat> we can pick these things up. 
And so Sarah was there, and I said, Sarah, is there anything that we could pray for for you? And she broke down and started to weep. And she said, you know, today I've been out on the, um, the beachfront. I've just been screaming out to God. She said, literally screaming. She said, I have these excruciating headaches, and they just will not stop. And I've been to doctors. No drug they can give me will stop the headaches. It's just terrible. And I said, well, do you know why you get these headaches? And she said, I get the headaches. They think it's because something to do with my eye. I'm blind in one of my eyes. And the doctors can't figure out why I'm blind. But when I went blind, I started getting the headaches as well. So we said, well, why don't we pray? Why don't we pray just like it was in the vision? So a group of people were all in our 20s. We just gathered around this young woman and we prayed for her. And in the process, the Holy Spirit revealed some stuff about her life, some pain that she'd been through. We prayed through that stuff. And she had a headache at the time, which left. And then we prayed for her eye for about 20 minutes. In the process of doing that, her eye was fully restored to full sight in, in the 20 minutes that we prayed. She went back to the optometrist the next day and said, um, you know, test my eye, and it was 20-20 vision. And she said, what do you make of that? He, she, he said, what did you do? And uh, she said, some people prayed for me. And he said, well, I've got no answer for, for that. Do you know, she never had those headaches to that length again. I bumped into her about 20 years later and said to her, you know, have you ever had those headaches again? And no, she'd never had those headaches again. We would never have known to pray for if we hadn't been led by the Holy Spirit. And I'll just tell you one last story and then we're done because I'm, I'm, I'm over my time. But one day uh, we, in, in a youth group that I was speaking at, um, we had an altar call and a, um, there was a young man that became a Christian. Uh, he was 14 years old and I went up to meet him at the end and put out my hand to shake his hand because he'd become a Christian. As I put my hand out to shake his hand... I felt like my ear blocked up, my left ear just blocked as if somebody just put their finger in it. And I thought, gee, that's bizarre. As soon as I touch his hand, my ear's blocked. And I thought, I wonder if that's the Holy Spirit communicating something to me. So I said to him, after I'd, we'd done all our pleasantries, I said, do you have problems in your left ear? He said, yes, I've got a chronic case of glue ear. There's a 14-year-old. And um, I've had lots and lots of surgeries and problems and... Uh, and um, they're having trouble fixing it. But he said, it's completely blocked at the moment. I said, well, would you mind if we prayed? And he said, no, that would be great. So we prayed for him, and instantly his ear was healed. It was completely unblocked. I never saw him again, so I don't know. I don't know what happened after that. But at the time, it unblocked. And I thought, wow, that was another example of God saying, this is what I'm wanting to do in this area of ministry. Just as I close, I just want to say, the Holy Spirit wants to come into our hearts he wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. He wants us to show us the. He wants to show us the truth, but also he wants us to be listening to him the whole time in the way that we build our lives. You know, it's not really um, the Christian life just to pray words out to God without listening to him, and just to read our Bibles. One of the key things God wants us to do is to ask the Holy Spirit that when we pray, that God will speak back to us. When we read the scripture, that the Holy Spirit will actually speak to us about what it means. And that as we're living our lives, that 
the Holy Spirit, we will allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and to give us the mission that he wants us to do. So I'm just going to invite you to stand, and I'd love to be able to pray for you. So let's just wait in God's presence. I'd love to pray, and I'd just love to invite the Holy Spirit just to come and move amongst you and just do what he wants to do. You know, I was in a meeting like this that my whole life changed forever. When I just opened, and nobody knew in the whole place, just between me and God. And it was just when I said, Holy Spirit, whatever you've got, I want. I want you to come and meet me. I want you to come and heal me. I want you to come and change me. And I'm totally open to what you're wanting. I just want to make it really clear that we don't need to feel anything. Feelings are very deceptive. We just invite the Holy Spirit to come and whatever he chooses to do, we just thank him for. So let's just pray. Lord, I pray that your Spirit will come upon us afresh today. That no matter how we've experienced you in the past, that you would come and refresh us again. Lord, maybe like me, there are some who have grown up and been frightened of your spirit and frightened of what might happen. And I thank you that you're a loving dad that just loves to give good gifts to your children. And so, Lord, we want to be open to the gifts you want to bring. You know, I'm a granddad now, and there's nothing I love more than getting what we call treats for the grandbabies. I get more pleasure out of it than they do. And this is what God wants to do for you today. He wants to just bless you. He wants to enrich your life. He wants to bring healing to you. He doesn't want to hurt you or restrict you. You may even want to just hold your hands out. When you hold your hands out, it's just a sign of openness and surrender. So come, Holy Spirit.